but uh, the whole point of like those personality tests again is understand who I am, understand my core motivations. It's really hard to measure yourself against anything but yourself. Your 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 stick is a little skewed, right? To know what's what's straight. When I mean, you're looking at, at yourself inside, it's hard to see the truth. Hard to objectively tear apart and say like, oh, I do this because of this. But uh, so a lot of times we rely on other people or other things. Uh, you know, I took the test, of course. Uh, and as a taxpayer, I'll let you know that I finished the test faster than all of you. And um, I did it right. So, so if you don't know, it's a pretty easy achiever. Um, so. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Seriously, though. Uh, yeah, we, uh, if we try to measure ourselves without kind of having that, that, that stake, that, 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 line, that true line, it's hard to tell what we're, what we're really looking at. Uh, I often think about the, uh, how they used to measure a mile. It was how far a Roman soldier could go in a day. And that always struck me as odd, because if they were a really tall Roman soldier, that was a far mile. And it was like, uh, I'm supposed to take his coat for a mile and take it for another mile. I'll just, I'll find a short soldier. Like, we're not going that far. But, you know, trying to measure that stuff, not having that consistency, that consistency of, of identity, you know, of, of, of understanding my heart. Uh, it's kind of what we're going for with identity. And, you know, also if it comes to groups that you associate with, I, I mean, if you look at uh, the news, you look at Facebook, like all the stuff, like even just outside these doors, like uh, with, with, like, with the BLM stuff and all that stuff, all the people were, 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 were crying out for a, a common identity and crying out for justice, crying out for justice, sorry. Um, you know, we saw all sorts of people outside these doors. We're, we're, we're out and gathered and trying to, um, trying to fight for justice and trying to identify with groups that they weren't necessarily a member of, right? And so we, we look at identity as a way to, um, to kind of, well, say it next to longer, but a way to understand the group. Um, so knowing who I am and who, as who others see me, we've been going through Paul has been laying out his sin in, uh, in, in uh, Ephesians 1, uh, the first 14 verses, he's been laying out our Christian identity. Uh, he's been, um, and so, as a child of God, you know, I ask these questions also. What is my identity? Is it something I have? Or is it something that I gain? Is it something that I adopt? Does it change? You know, where, where does it come from? Uh, so, uh, we're going to go ahead and read Ephesians one, uh, 15 to 19 together, and then the uh, very so it says, uh, for this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he is calling, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might. Dear Lord, this one come before you this morning to say to you. We thank you, Lord, for bringing us here uh, this morning, for uh, giving us your sake, Lord. We just thank you, Lord, that we are here to open your word, to let your spirit live in us, to understand and learn more about who you are and through 
that I think more about who we are. And so we just uh, and we just look uh, look forward to 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 sending this time to the motion in Jesus' name. So the first thing it says for this reason. It's that immediately says you have to stop it and say like for what reason? Why all this this is kind of like the, the a lot of times you see in the Bible it'll say therefore and you say, okay, well what that what is that therefore? So when it says for this reason, you have to it forces you to look up two verses, right? Which we can read, but uh, he has spent a significant amount of time so far talking about our identity, which is found in Christ. And uh, if we were to sum that up as all the riches that we have in Christ, that's been what he has been describing. We are loved by the Father unconditionally, redeemed by the Son graciously, and sealed with the Spirit eternally. And those three are core to our identity as Christian. Uh, so notice that all three of these things are things that God has done. They're not things that I have achieved or I have earned or I am worthy of. Loved by the Father unconditionally, redeemed by the Son graciously, and sealed by the Spirit eternally. So the core of who we are is not established by things outside of that. Right? It's not the, the, my identity is centered on what God has done. Because what we are looking at uh, is God um, establishes his people, establishes who I am, he changes who I am. Look at what, what he says right next about the Ephesians, right? It says uh, look what he says. He says, I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints. Faith, the faith was in Jesus and the love was toward all the saints. Our identity in Christ is not just a positional translation, it's a powerful transformation. It's not just, I have been saved so far. I'm out of hell and I'm not going to burn. It's, I am changed, transformed, I am a different person through Christ through all the things that God has done And that's the change. While we were once lost from sin, lost in sin, and found, now found in Christ, the translation, we act and live differently. Since the Paul's heard of their love, faith and love, and their, their life was a demonstration of their faith. That faith was seen by others, and experience their love was their faith was seen by others and their love was experienced by others. Like all the saints it says, we know that uh, in Ephesus um, that there was uh, there were there was both Jewish and uh, Gentile believers. And at that time there was racism intense between those two groups. Those two groups hated each other. But they were known for their love for each other. It says, all the saints. And you can go to the Greek and it'll say, all the saints. So, uh, when we talk about transformation, like all that stuff gets decimated. There's no room for that in, in, in God's church. In Galatians 3, Paul says, there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither, there's neither slave nor free, there's neither male and female, for you are all one in Christ. This isn't calling for androgyny, this is calling for unity. This is your identity is in Christ. These are the things that are a part of you. They are not core to your identity. Your identity is in Christ. Sometimes you meet people and get along with them immediately. 
I tend to do that a lot with passive states. I think it's a shared like, PTSD for us. Uh, but uh, you know, like, uh, but the uh, you, there's the people that you meet and you're like, oh, I just like this. Person. I felt that way when I met Like, oh, I like this guy. Um, actually, most of you guys, to be honest with you, not always in that room. But then you meet people and you're like, oh, there's something off here. This is going to be a difficult person. And, you know, uh, every time that I've, I've come across that person in my life, I've gone to the Lord and He says, you know what, I love that person so much and I've transformed you. And at that point, you know, my heart just breaks, like, duh. Like, God loves you so much. And, like, how can I not love you? How can I not love this person? Um, so, and that only comes from that transformation, but the, otherwise, you know, otherwise it's impossible. So, he continues on to say, give you uh, the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. Paul hears uh, his prayer is that, that they would have these things. Paul hears transition from describing our saving Christ to uh, a prayer that we should know our identity uh, through knowing God, because that's how our identity is revealed to us through God. If we want to live in this identity, if we want to understand ourselves more, not who we should try to be, not who, the, you know, not who we should attain to be, but who we actually are, that's through knowing God. God reveals this to us. And it's not just... Um, not just that we strive to be better people, because those are that's a good thing to do. Uh, but uh, he's praying that they would realize their state, their identity, the things that God has blessed, and the riches that they have in Christ that make up their identity. So um, it talks about uh, that they would know their, their, uh, they would know these things. Uh, the, uh, in the Greek there, it's a really interesting word that's used for now, actually. Uh, I love it because it means experiential knowledge. Uh, a lot of times, uh, I don't know if you're like me, I, I love to watch uh, videos, uh, especially like YouTube videos on how to do things. Uh, and uh, I watch a ton of how to play guitar videos. Uh, and I'll tell you right now, that not a single one is going to be a better guitar player. Uh, unless I actually practice what they're doing. Right? Uh, ten minutes will not make you a nuclear physicist. Although they're very fun to watch how nuclear physics works. Uh, you know, it's like it's that experience, that that, that, that that experiential knowledge, that practice that has to take place for me to know something. And that's what it's talking about here. This to know who you are in God, you have to experience God. You have to know God. And so Paul's prayer is know God, experience God, taste and see. That the Lord is good, right? That's an experience. And I can tell you, I had an apple. It tastes great. You know, it's good. It's good. I also had that apple. But, you know, if I give it to you, it's good. Taste and see this apple is good. That's a different thing you can fight. Um, similarly, showing up to church on, on Sunday and then ignoring God for the rest of the week puts us in the same place where we are not experiencing God. We're not spending that time knowing him. So, I would encourage you guys that uh, if you want to know who you are, spend 
having the eyes of your heart in love. Uh, as God reveals himself to you personally, your heart will be enlightened. And by that it means, the money here means to remove the confusion going on in there. Uh, if I look at like, who I am, right? If I work, right? The first thing that people often ask you when you leave some, when you do and and that becomes like a way to establish uh, who you are. And so like, if I look at who I am, I'm a software engineer, I'm a, uh, I'm a father, I'm a husband. And uh, by being those, those things, you know, those are things that I do, and those are things that can easily be confused into who I am. And by that I mean, like, as a software engineer, I say, well, I'm right, software for the company. Uh, as a father, I make sure my kids stay alive. As a husband, you know, I love, I love my wife. And these are good things to do, but uh, I don't know, a lot of times, those things can start confusing me, and, and, and by confusing me, they start to want to take over my entire life, so that I become a workaholic. So that I become a, uh, so, so that I don't train my kids right, you know, so that they become spoiled. Uh, so that I, so I don't love, I, you know, I love my wife so much that if she leaves me, that's the end of the end of it. I wouldn't know what to do. Like, letting these other things kind of fill up, they, these are good things, like I said. We, we, there's a lot of things that I do that are not but there's a lot of things that I do that are good. And if, if they become central to my identity in a way that Christ should be, they become, they, they fight for it. Who I am, they fight for the throne of my heart. Uh, and so Paul's prayer is that the eyes of their hearts would be enlightened in the knowledge. Right? So enlightened um, meaning that they would see clearly who they are to God. And that uh, these other things important would not be central, uh, would not be sacred. Although, if you look at the future of the Ephesians church or the Revelations that were led to them, they kind of blew it. Uh, in, Ephesians, in Revelations 2 4, uh, you know, in Revelations 2, Jesus is talking to them. He says, uh, they have endured patiently. It says, they have not grown weary. But then it says, but this I have against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. So they've abandoned the first love. Uh, it says, later on, it says, it, when it says to, to deal with that, to deal with the confusion that they've let set in, to deal with their loss of identity. It says, remember therefore from where you have fallen and do the good works you did at first. Go back to the beginning. Go back to knowing God and, uh, and let that enlighten your heart. Right? So, with the confusion God, Paul continues that we are to know and experience three things for, for our identity. One, the hope of our calling. Two, the riches of our inheritance. And three, the power that holds us. Hope, inheritance, and the power to live in that age. And when I say hope to you, it's more than just wishful thinking. Oh, this is this picture of hope of someday my prince will come. Or, you know, like, oh, I hope this, you know, I hope it's, you know, I hope I get a bicycle for Christmas, you know. I, I, you know, it becomes a thing that is just like a wishful thinking thing. When the Bible is not concerned with wishful thinking, it's concerned with um, really the truth. Uh, and so when the Bible talks about hope in 
this context, and when you see both Tolstoy and the Bible, it's confidence, assurance is what it is. Uh, and it is guaranteed by God. Hope is always born through the experience in the Bible. Um, if, uh, if I were to tell you, I hope tomorrow is Monday, you would say, duh. Today is Sunday, tomorrow is always a Monday. But you know that's that's the kind of hope that we're talking about. It's like this is hope that is uh, does not disappoint. Romans uh, five talking about how we how, how our hope grows. It says not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Uh, now I like uh, I prefer the New King James hope does not disappoint, but kind of the idea is the same that, that hope is realized. And uh, hope, and it continues on to say, hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given us. Placing our hope in God accepts our identity, accepts the truth of what, uh, what He has established for us, who we are. And that hope is eternal. When in uh, in First Corinthians uh, three, in First Corinthians thirteen, it talks about gifts that God has given us, and it lands on three at the very end of thirteen. It says, "So now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, the greatest of these, is love. Those are three gifts that God has given us that will continue with us into eternity. If we, you know, if you have the gift of speaking in tongues, um, that's amazing." You're not going to need that man. But you know, there, there are so many things that God's doing for us now that will not be there in heaven. But faith, hope, and love are guaranteed to abide, to be there. And so when we talk about who I am in Christ, remember the, the Ephesians say we're known by the faith in, in, in Jesus, the love for each other, and we wanted them to know that hope. Those three things, sent my identity, are eternal. So the transformation of our identity is established forever. We are called to know the soul, and that's false prayer. Our identity is secure. We have a rich inheritance as children of God. We have Christian privilege. There is no situation, nor person, who can impact my access to God's riches. Nothing can say that about me. They are eternal, and my identity is strengthened uh, the deeper that I understand who God is. In describing our riches, one commentator put it this way. God has blessed us immensely, chosen us unconditionally, adopted us adoringly, redeemed us graciously, forgiven us completely, showed us grace lavishly, revealed his mystery wisely, granted us an inheritance eternally, sealed us permanently, and guaranteed our salvation personally. These ten blessings that God has given us uh, because of who he has made us in Christ. These are the riches that Paul wants them to know and understand. We will never be worthy of these things. There is never a time that you can look at what God has done for you and say, well, I actually deserve that. There's never a time when we will reach a point where we actually deserve what God has done for us. But that doesn't change the fact of what God has done for us. Right? It's all on his goodness that he's made us who we are. 
he is established by our men for eternity, and he is established by our men in his goodness, and he is established by our men. So, we want to know who we are, him. We have to know who God is. That's, that's simple to understand who we are. The, the, the tests or whatever else are fun. But if you really, really want to know who God is, maybe, and what God has to do, what your future is, and how you should act, how you should view the world, it's all to know God. My identity is based upon Christ's power. He enables me to live this identity because of who and what he has done and is doing and will do now. We have hope, which he has called us to. We have the riches of his inheritance and the immeasurable greatness of his power. In 1 Timothy it says, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. That's who we are as Christians. He's given us power, love, and self-control. The power that Christ has demonstrated towards us. Uh, personally, we were able we were able to triumph in life. We are able to triumph in life, empowered by Christ. No situation can ever overpower who I am. Nothing can ever change who I am in God's eyes. So my identity is secure, and no matter what happens to me, that will not change. Like the car accident, whatever it is, whatever's going on in your life, nothing can change who God has said you are and the riches and blessings that he has for you. Most believers, they have an identity problem. We're rich, but we act like we're, we're living as if we're poor. Uh, we struggle with things that maybe we shouldn't struggle with. We let things kind of confuse us. We let things get in. We let things cast down. We let things, you know, it turns into, you know, what happened this week? Oh, this, you know, all these other things are going on in my life or are you know, you know, it's okay to, to have your heart be broken for, for, for other for, for people and if you want to be broken for other people. But it doesn't change again who we are. We look at that through the lens of God. We look at that through how old is God's okay? What can I do to bless and serve you? What can I do to be there for you? And you know, if I if we're crying together, we're crying together. If we're if we're rejoicing together, we're rejoicing together. If we're we're doing all this we're all we're doing all this through our food values. Uh, often uh, we look at things uh, with the the the, uh, the tyranny of the urgent, which is like I've got to run around and do things because there's there's reasons going on rather than stopping and saying, okay, well, what has gotten off of this situation? Uh, you know, uh, and so I think as we look at um, who we're, as we look at how we're going to act based on who we are, we need to understand what God's heart is for the situations. Um, our identity is transformed and based upon our eternal Father. Understanding this and leaning on this and growing in this changes all other aspects of our lives. I'm free to live not according to what others say my identity is, not according to what others say morality is, not according to what others tell me is wrong or right, but according to what God says is wrong or right, because that is what He's put inside of me. And the more that I want to know what that is, the more I pursue Him. Corey, uh, and finally, this, uh, he's going to just watch the end of this. Uh, we, uh, if you've uh, ever heard of Corey Tim Boone, uh, she was a 
Paul Kassar, she was a Christian in Holland who uh, was uh, imprisoned. She was oppressed by the Nazis because uh, she, uh, they, they hid Jews from the Nazis in, in, their, in their house and she got, they got thrown into, into the death camp. She was in prison, she was brutally mistreated, and eventually, due to a mistake, she was released. Uh, um, not a mistake, but a little wrong number of her ago. And then, uh, but she went on to take that and to tell her story about what she had gone through and how God had protected her through all of those things, through all the external things going on. And there was even a point. Um, in fact, I'll read it in her words. She came across one of her prison guards who brutally mistreated her. She says, um, I forgive you, brother. I cried with all my heart. For a long moment, we grasped each other's hands, the former guard and the former prisoner. I had never known God's love so intensely as I did then. But even then, I realized it was not my love. I had tried and did not have the power. It was the power of the Holy Spirit. As Christians, we have power, privilege, hope, family, grace, faith, forgiveness, and love in our identity in Christ. And we know these things as we pursue Christ. Because we are loved by the Father unconditionally, we are redeemed by the Son graciously, and sealed with the Spirit eternally. In um, Proverbs, uh, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. All your ways acknowledge him, and you will make straight your paths. If you're if, if you're all confused after you are the whole Hebrews points again where I don't know what to do or I don't know what to do or how to act, seek God's wisdom. And in the in-between times when you're not confused, seek God's wisdom. And if you want to know who you are, seek God. Knowing him, you'll learn who you are. So, Lord, we just want to come before you again. Lord, we want to know you so deeply. Lord, we want to we want to live richly and powerfully in you. You have done all that we need. Lord, you are more than all that we need, and we want to acknowledge that, and we want, to, we want our hearts to know the truth, and uh, we want our identities to be what you have made us. Jesus' name.